This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Can you believe it? It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you you're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. It is the week 13 rivalry week. College football reaction and recap show. It's a Sunday, November 26th. I'm your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at GaryWCE or on Twitter at Winning Cures. And the gentleman to my right on your screen is Mr. Matt Huey. Matt, tell them where they can find you. How you doing, buddy? Good. Find me at Strong and Healthy Rehab, Instagram, TikTok, and on the YouTube. I love that. And yeah. On the YouTube. <laughs> on, the U- on the YouTube, because, you know, we're from the South and it's the everything. Oh, well, yes. You know, <laughs> oh, I probably yeah. should put an S on it, you know. Got to go to the Walmarts. That's it. Got to go to the Kroger's, right? Got to go to the Kroger's. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully everybody is having a wonderful Sunday thus far. We know NFL has begun, uh, but we don't care about NFL here. We care about college football and what a rivalry week it was. <laughs> Good gracious. Uh, hey, Bet US show, 6-2-1 and one against the spread for my picks this week. So got back on the right track after last week was just atrocious i was three and seven last week uh nothing went my way nothing went my way oh my apologies to everyone i we didn't do a reaction show last week my wife had strep throat and normally that's something like okay you can kind of get by or whatever but there have been some strains of that going around we thought it was the flu or covid or something because it knocked her off her feet for like three days it was bad juju so I was dealing with the baby and everything else around the house and could not get to where I could go live. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is. Last week was uh, the the SEC SOCON challenge. So didn't miss too, too much last week, thank goodness. But there's no way rivalry week that we would not be discussing all of this, mm-hmm. um, especially with all the coaching news and whatnot that's been going on. And, uh, and that's where we'll start, right? We'll start with the coaching news. Uh, first thing on the board is New Mexico, it was announced yesterday, uh, they fired Danny Gonzalez. And, okay, Mountain West job, not a great job by any stretch of the imagination. Tough to uh, tough to recruit there, like all, all sorts of different stuff, right? I mean, it's just a, it's a difficult position. However, Mountain West gig, Gary Patterson, former TCU coach, 
he wants back in, this could be a spot where he could end up doing something. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but that's that's the only name that I have seen like thrown around with that. Uh, Danny Gonzalez, I mean, last time they did it, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he was a high school coach. They, you know, who, who knows what they're going to do this time. Uh, but there's not a lot of resources there, not a lot of money. We'll see what New Mexico does. But they'll more than likely go the coordinator route or some position coach at some bigger place. We'll see what happens there. So uh, any any thoughts on the New Mexico gig, Mr. Huey? No, th- that is that is a hard gig. Get out there. You don't you don't have the talent pool. <clears throat> yeah, it's a tough conference too. Mountain yeah. West is not easy. And yeah. it, I don't know that it's going to get any easier because more than likely they're going to bring in Oregon State and Washington State. So you were already at the bottom of the ladder and it's just going to drop a couple more spots. So who knows what they end up doing, but uh, Gary Patterson would be, that'd be a lot of fun. It'd yeah. be a whole lot of fun. I mean, the other um, thing, you get the name. So at least when he starts recruiting, it's like, yeah, hey, he could, he could bring in I, somebody because people will know him, right? Yeah. We know who this guy, we've seen what he does. He's been to big bowl games. He, he knows how to bring some talent in. They, they could do a lot worse. They could do yeah. a lot worse than that. I'll say that. Uh, let's see. Next up, Indiana fired Tom Allen this morning. So surprising that they actually went through with it. Everything that, I mean, all the tea leaves for the past few weeks had been, all right, they've improved a little bit. They're going to do, they're going to try and keep him around and we'll see what happens, right? Like next year, we'll give him one more shot at this. He fired the offense coordinator, Walt Bell, in the middle of the season, and the offense all of a sudden got significantly better. The defense was still atrocious. They had that magical 2020 COVID year, right, where they went like 7-2. and two, And his coordinators, like 2019, they were, they were pretty good. Or was it 2018? Either way, at some point, they had Kalen DeBoer, who is now the head coach at Washington, who has a 12-0 team. And they had Kane Womack, who went 10-2 and two last year at South Alabama. I, I know that Womack didn't have a great year this year at South Alabama. I would think that that's got to be your first call to come back up because he has shown he's able to lead uh, a football program like that. So, it, again, not a great year for South Alabama. They dealt with a lot of injuries and whatnot. But that would be my first call. Um, there's, I mean, they're talking, you know, Big Ten coordinators and this and that. If you're Indiana, I mean, where do you even go? It, it's a big boy job. It's Big Ten, so there's going to be money. They're going to be able to get somebody. But I don't know. I, somebody threw Willie Fritz out for that one from Tulane. Why would Willie Fritz take that job? I mean, that is a difficult, difficult job. And I, that's not one that I would that I would peg him for. So what, what's your feeling on, uh, on old Bloomington up there? That, yeah, that is a hard spot. <clears throat> big Ten. And you're mostly known for being basketball, but even then they're not like. Well, being a basketball school could actually be in oh yeah coach's favor, right? Like yeah. it's the expectations are way down, so nothing too crazy. Uh, I don't know, man. Like I, I just, I feel like if you're going to pay a twenty million dollar buyout at Indiana, you better have your ducks in a row. This better not be like a a rash decision, right? It better, it, it's, it should not be something that you do very quickly based on emotion 
from losing a rivalry game by four points, right? So they lost to Purdue 35-31 yesterday. It was kind of back and forth. If you're going to fire the guy, you better have something lined up or at least have an idea of where you want to go. Teams like that, like <clears throat> Indiana, probably, you know, I seem to make somebody mad almost every podcast. So I guess we'll have to get the Indiana people getting mad at this one. That's, I, I don't see like a coach coming from a bigger school over to a school like Indiana. Like, even if you're a coordinator over there, because it's like, what, you're, you're going to come there, you're, you're going to probably finish at the bottom. If you do good, maybe in the middle. Yeah. And if you're in the middle, then you can be up for like some other big jobs, right? Yeah. And yeah. So it, 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 it's great what someone said about Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's that job, like, hey, Vanderbilt had an eight win season. And the coach is like, as soon as you get another job, you're out. Yes. Like, because you probably won't do it again. Yeah. He had like two nine year win, or yeah. t- excuse me, two nine win years in a yeah. row and, and bounced for Penn State. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, we did good. Hey, I can get a better job. Bye. Yes. And and Tom Allen, to his credit, did not do that, but that's partially because they gave him a really, really good contract. So again, his buyout's like $20 million. So I mean, this, this also could be a position like I could apply for, and it's like, pay me $5 million, I'll coach for a year, just get, you know, go 0 and 12 and just get fired, and I'll, I'll just take the money and, you know, and screw off for a year. Some of these jobs become more attractive because of the money. Yeah. Right? It's like... Okay, I know that I'm not going to win there, but this will set me up for retirement. Yeah. Like, I don't have to worry with it after that. If you're a a coordinator that is one of the, you know, it's a great coordinator, but you haven't been at one of the big-time schools that pays millions for your coordinators, eh, okay. Like, if I were Indiana, I'd probably shoot for, like, Jason Candle from uh, from Toledo. Like, that, I feel like yeah. that's a good good spot. He's not up for a ton of jobs, and I have I've talked a lot of trash about Jason Candle over the years. But he seems to know how to operate a program. He's not had a losing season. He knows what he's doing. So if I was Indiana, I'd probably shoot for Jason Candle on that one. Um, Next on the board, Houston appears set to fire Dana Holgerson. We saw this coming early in the year. Um, I mean, the crazy thing is, uh, so for Tita, you know, the big billionaire that, that kind of funds that athletic department, you know, he wanted... Dana Holgerson, they paid him some crazy money. His buyout from Houston is over $14 million. But things have obviously not gone well there in the first year in the Big 12. You know, like it, it's not surprising that they didn't go well uh, because it didn't go well for any of the other, you know, teams that came in as expansion candidates, right? They were all G5 schools. They move up a level. It's going to get tougher. But man, I mean, some of these games that Houston got just obliterated in, the Kansas State game, they got beat 41 to nothing. I mean, it was just – and they had a few games where they were right there, right? They – that close to beating Texas, uh, that close against – I mean, it, it, here's the problem. You can't lose to Cincinnati. No. Right? And they got beat by Cincinnati 26-24, and it just went from there. So, uh, so yeah, they're firing uh, Dana Holgerson. The names that I believe Pete Thamel or uh, Ross Dellinger, somebody threw out, Willie Fritz – from Tulane, Jeff Trailer from UTSA, Barry Odom over at UNLV, and Gary Patterson for that gig. Any of those names stand out to you? Patterson coming back to Texas. I mean, that would be interesting, especially in the same league with TCU. It, yeah. 
that that could be a lot of fun. Um, Barry Odom, of course, former Missouri coach, Arkansas yeah. defense coordinator, now the head coach at UNLV. Uh, that could be interesting, but I I don't know if he would want to leave UNLV after one year. Uh, Jeff Trailer at UTSA potentially could be good, um, but he like he and Fritz, I think, are the two best options because they are just they're football coaches. Right, it's just dudes that understand what it takes to win, and I also don't know why Willie Fritz or Jeff Trailer would take that job. Like, I guess maybe you can get more talent at Houston, but yeah, I mean, you, at, but you're UTS, also going, they, yeah, they had a pretty good season, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they uh, just lost to Tulane, uh, twenty nine yeah. to thirteen. That game was for a, a slot in the AAC championship game. Yeah. Uh, but UTSA just moved up from Conference USA yeah. to the AAC. Yeah. So, who knows? Jeff Trailer, I think, will eventually take another job. I just don't know that it's going to be this one, right? Because, I mean, he was up for the A&M job. And A&M, I don't believe, has been filled yet. I'm kind of keeping an eye on, you know, if any news breaks on that. But uh, and we'll talk about we'll talk about what happened with Mark Stoops here in just a little bit. But, yeah, the Houston gig, going to be interesting to see who takes that one. I do think it's a good job. I just, how good is it? I'm not totally, totally sold on. Uh, let me ask you about this one. It's not in stone yet, but looks like Mississippi State's going to hire Jeff Levy. And we talked about this a little bit in, uh, you know, in the pre-show thing. It, what are your thoughts? Oklahoma offensive coordinator Jeff Levy was the OC at Ole Miss uh, with Lane Kiffin a couple of years ago. He was the offensive coordinator for Josh Heupel. He was uh, part of the coaching staff with Art Bryles at Baylor. Uh, what are your thoughts here? It does seem to kind of go with that. Uh, the offense that seems to work at State. More than, yeah. When, yeah. When, when State has done a spread, when they switched over with uh, Mullen, started using the spread, and then when they tried to, you know, just to be like you know, the run with Morehouse, it didn't work. And then Leach with the air raid, it's like, that seems to work a little bit better. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's an up-tempo guy. Uh, mm -hmm. Oklahoma's been able to put up a ton of points. They'll they'll definitely be able to score. They'll put yards up and whatnot. Um, and they did that with, with Leach as well, right? I think Leach maybe, maybe didn't hit the ceiling, but I think he got relatively close. Yeah. Um, you know, winning eight games a year in Starkville, especially in the SEC, and – it's only going to get more difficult because you're bringing in Oklahoma and Texas. So, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's a bad hire. I just wonder about all the, you know, all the Bryles stuff and everything. I mean, he he got in trouble this year at Oklahoma for having Art Bryles on the sideline for one of the games. I mean, it's nobody wants that guy around. But that doesn't mean Libby doesn't know how to coach. So, we'll see. Uh, after after that fiasco, I'm, I was a little shocked that he could get an SEC gig. But yeah, hey, if uh, if you know how to coach, it, it, how about this? We always know if your talent outweighs your problems, you're going to get a gig. That's the way it goes. Uh, and, all right, in a team like State, that's why I feel you're yeah. going to be like right in the middle of the SEC. Get at least six wins a season. Beat your rival. Beat one of the big boys. You're set. You're yes. Set. Yes. That's all you got to do. And you don't have to beat one of the big boys every year. Yeah. 
Just like every play now. Play, play, play like an LSU, an Alabama. Well, now Texas. Play one of them like really tough. Maybe you, you knock off one of the big ones. Good to go. You're set. They're not going to – your job is secure. Beat Ole Miss at the end of the year. And they're good to go. Yep. Yeah. That's, that will make it a really fun Egg Bowl, right? Oh, yeah. Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy, I mean, up-tempo against up-tempo. Like, that That could be fun. That could be fun. Especially, I mean, those two guys know each other. Like, really, yeah, really well. that's the thing. Um, A&M, good gracious. Mark Stoops last night uh, appeared to be the front runner. From everything that I have gathered, from Billy Lucci over at Texags, from uh, the guys over at Kentucky Sports Radio, etc., it sounds like Stoops was going to take the job once everything got through the approval process. It leaked out. The Texas A&M fan base went berserk. They did not like the idea of paying $77 million to Jimbo Fisher. And then go out and get Mark Stoops from Kentucky, who has a losing SEC record and et cetera, right? Um, now, that's the bad sell on Mark Stoops. The good sell is he would have won there, and I think he would have won pretty big. Like, Mark Stoops is a hell of a football coach, and this kind of reeks of the Greg Schiano to Tennessee thing when it looked like John Curry, 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 Either way, the AD at the time at Tennessee had a deal locked in with Greg Schiano, who was the former Tampa Bay Bucks coach, and it got leaked. The Tennessee fan base went bananas. They did not like the hire. They had to pull the offer, and then they went out and eventually hired. I think uh, I think Curry got fired. No, no, no. Was it uh, was it Jeremy Pruitt? When all that went, I can't remember how long ago this was. Either way. Ended up with Pruitt and then went over to Josh Heupel from UCF, which looked like a bad hire on the front end. But either way, Tennessee's in a better spot now. Maybe A&M ends up in a better spot. But were you following this at all last night when this was going on? Because it was- came out after and, and put out a statement that was like, I'm I'm going to be the Kentucky coach. I am the Kentucky coach, and I love these kids, and go Wildcats and whatever. But it's you, you rarely see a head coach tweet. They're like, hey, like I was approached, but I'm staying. You know, it's like we all know what went on here. Like <laughs> Kentucky's another hard school. Like, yes. I can see like Kentucky can be hard to win at because you, you don't think Kentucky and football. But if yeah. you go to AM, like, yeah, it's Texas again, a big pool of kids to recruit from. And you can bring some good talent in to AM. You know how to coach them up. You can have a much better shot. Yes. Yes. I think Mark Stoops is going to eventually take the Iowa job. Like, I think he's going to take over for Kirk Ferentz. Uh, he played there. Like, he loves that place. That's uh, that's a fan base that would actually appreciate him. And I think he could do huge things there. But uh, I don't know that Ferentz is gone. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, they just went 10 and 2 with the worst. Did you see the graphic on that game, by the way? Iowa and Nebraska, uh, their trivia question. Oh. I legitimately laughed out loud when I saw this on Friday. I didn't see that. Oh, my God. Okay. Iowa is averaging 
like 246 yards per game of offense. The the most wins by a team in the past that has averaged less than 250 yards per game was UCF in 2008, and they had four wins. Iowa is 10-2. and two. They got six more wins than any other team that has ever averaged less than 250 yards of total offense. It is incredible what they are doing. I don't know what Iowa does to do this. Kirk Ferentz has got to deal with the devil. He does. It's that's it. It, it gets me every now. Not like <laughs> I, I have my rants against against Iowa because like I, I buy into the hype when they're good, and then they just go. But somehow they do this. Some somebody made a deal with the devil over to like. How does Iowa do this all the time? I mean, they do it routinely. It's, yeah. it's not even. It's 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 not a joke. It's insane. So, I don't know. I mean, I we'll figure it out eventually. I am certain. But uh, let's jump into our weekly Heisman guys. You uh, you want to do that? Da-da-da. Here, uh, who you got this week? Have you got a uh, you got some offensive lineman for us? You got anything like that? Oh, I got the offensive lineman, but I, I'll start. I I don't know if I should. Okay, I'm gonna go with this one. Arizona Noah Fafita. Fafita, 527 yards, five touchdowns, one interception, 34-41. That was a it, it was awesome. Oh, in Arizona, it's it's this lose the state in overtime in the beginning of the year. And then now it's like watch them like wow. Their other so they lost that one in overtime. They lost to USC in overtime, mm-hmm. and they lost by seven to Washington. And that's the only yeah. losses. And it's like so it's it, it's funny, like when when they beat a team, it's like would have state beat that team because state beat Arizona, but it's it, now it, it, different part of the year, and they had a different yeah. quarterback at the time, because uh, yeah. Jaden Delara was the quarterback for Arizona at that point. But still, yes. Uh, hey, by the way, Darth Wolverine jumped in, and he said Iowa is about to be a brutally difficult job in the new divisionless 18 team Big Ten. That fan base wants 10 wins a year, which will be impossible moving forward. But it's not impossible, but by God, it's going to be difficult. They're going to have to renegotiate that devil contract some some way when this, this happens. Re- renegotiate. They have to do something. But they'll stick it. They'll still somehow end up doing it. Oh, yeah. But, but it won't be consistent. It'll be like every few years. It's like, where did Iowa come in and do this? It's Phil Parker is magic. Is what he is. That defensive coordinator for them, yeah. he's unreal. I cannot believe they has kept they've the fact that they have kept him is mind blowing. Like he he should be the highest paid defense coordinator in the country, and he could go anywhere, and he'd be perfectly fine. Like I, it's wild to me that he's still the guy. All right, so you uh you had Noah Fafita, yeah, Iowa State running back Abu Sama. Did you watch the snow game last night, Farmageddon? Kansas State, oh, Iowa it. State. No, oh. I didn't watch that one. Iowa State running back in the snow. 16 carries, 276 yards, three <laughs> touchdowns. He There was a run where I think he went for like 80-plus on this run. He had somebody chasing him that bumped him from behind 
and it launched him forward ahead of all the other guys that were that were chasing him to tackle him. And he went in for a touchdown. It was the craziest thing. But he did this over and over and over. The snow games you think would like slow teams down. Mm -hmm. And instead, this was like a 42 to 35 ball game. Yeah. I saw the score. I was shocked. I was shocked. The total on that game was 46. Iowa State scored 42 by themselves. Made no sense. Made no sense. But yeah, Abu Sama, uh, incredible, incredible game. Do you have anybody else that you uh, wanted to toss out there? Center, Oregon, Jackson, Powers, Johnson. Looked pretty good. (laughs) He's awesome. He's awesome. He he looked, I mean, watching some of the replays of it, they were blitzing in the um, linebacker. Yep. I mean, drop back into pass protection and you get this guy, I mean, dead on and he blocking him out of the way. I'm like, oh, that was pretty good. Anytime you can pancake some linebackers. I mean, yeah. But just, I mean, it's, it's not like he's a, he's not giving up any weight on that. No. He, he probably outweighs that kid by like 100 pounds. But still, you got a bunch of speed coming at you and you're quick enough on your feet. Like he's he's an incredible offensive lineman. He's going to be yeah. an NFL dude. Yeah. Easily. Easily. I, I was uh, debating about like also with the Florida and Florida State game, like whoever has to handle that defensive lineman for Florida, I keep forgetting his name, 400 and something pounds. But yes. he's, he does get pushed back at times. Oh, yeah. There, there are t- like when I watch him, like he gets a sack. He's, he's still young. He's yeah, still really he, young. He's, like junior, senior, when he really gets like he may be unstuck because like uh Terrence Cody, like yes, <laughs> you could block the guy. That's uh, but Cody Cody never like did any pass rushing or anything like that. No, he was legitimately there to take up two blockers. Yeah, because he's just your your run stopper right in the middle. You were not gonna run between the tackles against that defensive line so long as Terrence Cody was there. And that's kind of the the same deal with uh, with Florida, right? But yeah, I mean they ran a lot to the edge last night. Florida State did. Uh, Trey Benson's great; like they are fantastic. Uh, my so I had a two more. And we we've thrown Missouri running back Cody Schrader on here several times. Pretty big game against Arkansas, right? Twenty seven carries, two hundred seventeen yards, one touchdown. Uh, but the one that I wanted to give some uh, some props to this week is NC State quarterback Brennan Armstrong, who got benched early in the year, did not look great. He went back to, well, didn't go back. He went to NC State after playing four years at Virginia. And he wanted to reunite with his former offensive coordinator, Robert Anai. I thought that this was going to be a match made in heaven. The offensive line for NC State wasn't great to start the year. Eh, you know, kid had happy feet, whatever. He got benched for MJ Morris. MJ Morris played four games, won all four of them, and then decided that he was going to sit out and redshirt. Kind of surprising. The coaching staff did not even know that he was going to do this. So then you got to call back on the guy that you benched. Say, hey, Brennan, we need you to step up. They won every game the rest of the way. And Brendan Armstrong against North Carolina last night showed up, went 22 out of 31 passing, 334 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and he had nine carries and 22 yards rushing to boot. Cheers to that kid. Because that's awesome. I mean, that's a good comeback story. 
Mm-hmm. I loved seeing it. Uh, NC State finished with nine wins. And it is the most anonymous nine wins that you will see of any football team this season because they were left for dead. I think they were three and three, and they won their last six to get to nine mm-hmm. wins. And so my uh, my over six and a half covered easily uh, just a couple weeks ago, but uh, a big-time win over North Carolina. And for those that had North Carolina under eight and a half wins, cheers to you guys because <laughs> y'all figured it out. <laughs> Top uh, from top ten to just yes to nothing. Yeah. Gene Chizik will do that to you, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you got anybody else you want to toss out for the Heisman? Nah, no, nah, it's good. All right, CFP top four right now. What uh, what have you got as far as your top four? Has anything changed at all? Yes, one change. Okay, so I still got Georgia, Michigan. I feel I feel like Michigan is really just screw it. Play your heart out. Just yes. I did put Oregon at three. Oh, okay. I, okay. I, I feel like Washington is starting. They're not looking they're like they did early. They're kind of going down. And and I don't want to say Oregon is going up because I mean, like they got up and they're just staying, they are just staying up. So I got them. Um, and then I'm shaky on FSU with uh, Travis Jordan going out. Yeah. Kind yeah without Jordan sh- Travis, that team looks Jordan little, Travis. Jordan Travis. They, they look a little shaky, for sure. Um, I'm, I'm with you on this. I've got Georgia, Michigan, and then I put Washington at three because they do have the win over Oregon. I've got Florida State at four. My My next four after that, I've got Oregon five, Texas six. I put Ohio State at seven and then Alabama eight because I can't put Alabama over Ohio State with the way that they looked against Auburn yesterday. And we'll talk about that here in just a minute. Uh, but if Alabama beats Georgia, I mean, they're going to be a playoff team. That, yeah. It, I feel like they have to. But again, it gets a little squirrely, right? It, Alabama lost to Texas. It's not, you, you can't keep Texas out for Alabama at that point. So then if Florida State goes undefeated, I mean, then you got problems. Yeah. It, oh, You need Louisville to show up if you are uh, an Alabama fan, I think. But, I, I mean, who knows? Like, maybe they'll find a way to keep Oregon out, like Oregon and Washington. But, like, my God, could you imagine? Like, that, that has been an absolutely incredible team this year, both of them. Mm-hmm. Like Washington, first team in the Pac-12 era to finish the season undefeated in the regular season. And if you are the the Oregon team that beats them in the Pac-12 title game, your only loss, you avenge it in the Pac-12 title game, and then you don't make the playoff because you're boxed out or whatever. I mean, I, it, and it wasn't even like that. That Oregon, if they played that game ten times, it'd probably be five and five. Yeah, like it, in like, Seattle. It, yeah, I, I think it, it'd probably be seven, seven, three. Yeah, uh, it, on a neutral. Yeah, but it, but it's it's like they lost it on a last second field goal. They didn't they didn't come out and just smoke them like it was a battle. So it's like, uh, yes, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, is it, it? How about this? Is there any prayer that Ohio State gets into the playoff now? 
I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, so. unless they're bribing somebody. <laughs> Otis John Jr. jumped in on the chat. Breaking Big Ten Conference investigating U of M for having two coaches better than Coach Cry and Ryan of Ohio Soft University. <laughs> uh, the Michigan fans have been eating this up. If you I want mean, to see something are, funny, oh. go on TikTok and the videos of Ohio State fans before the game and oh, after yeah. the game. Oh, it, they were talking a lot. They that, were talking. That has been just so just oh. wild uh, to have that much confidence, right? Just, just wild. Um, hey, what's uh, what's our chaos scenario for the playoff? Is there one at this point? <sighs> if Louisville beats Florida State, then you've got the winner of Bama, Georgia. I have, how about this for chaos? If Iowa beats Michigan, which I do not think is going to happen, so let's not get crazy, but yeah. Yeah. Iowa beats Michigan. Do you still send Michigan to the playoff? I mean, that's the only thing that, that could, mm. like, I guess Oklahoma State beating Texas could be interesting. Maybe that's the way that Ohio State gets back in. Yeah. Outside of that, you've got Oregon playing Washington and Bama playing Georgia. But didn't TCU lose? I mean, they lost their conference championship game, but they were they were already undefeated, and there was like the only other yeah. option was Alabama at number five, and they were they had two losses. So now, I mean, we're looking at Ooh. we're looking at a bunch of one loss teams. Yeah, I don't know. That could get very interesting. Here's what I know: the winner of Oregon and Washington probably going to be in the playoff. The winner of Bama, Georgia, probably going to be in the playoff. If Texas wins, they're probably in. If Florida State wins, they're probably in. And then Michigan is probably in. So, like, if Bama beats Georgia, maybe there's a way to keep them out if Texas wins. But then you got to start looking at resumes and maybe Oregon gets left. I mean, this thing's going to be bonkers if, if everything holds, right? If chalk holds, this is going to be a problem. Obvious chalk not holding being Bama beating uh, Georgia. I don't know. I'm I, very curious. Yeah, I'm. I'm not even confident. Oh, sorry. I'm. I'm just not even confident. Bama. I don't think they beat Georgia. But, yeah. Like I don't think they beat Georgia at all. I. I um, yeah. I like. I don't like. Some years I feel like. Oh yeah, Florida. I mean, uh, Bama's going to come to this game and they're going to smoke. And this like. Oh. I don't, I don't really think so. That's a, here we go on the screen. If uh, if Bama beats Georgia, then Texas certainly belongs. Eh, I mean, again, this was week two when they went to Tuscaloosa and Alabama didn't have all their kinks worked out yet. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, Texas did look good against Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. They showed in fifty to or fifty-seven to seven, I think. Yeah, just bonkers. So, do you see what they did at the end of the game? No, I had turned it so, off at that point. So, the so somebody had shown um, they played the end of like Toy Story thirty six or whatever that they're on, where they were saying like, you know, uh, so long, partner. So they did it. Texas did a very nice thing, saying so long to Texas Tech on yeah. their way out. 
So that I did. They, they, I was like, that's pretty interesting. Uh-huh. So I, now they, I mean, the fans were chanting SEC at them and whatever else. But I mean, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Uh, they did play the uh, the Yormark clip where Yormark was telling Texas Tech to like, hey, I'm gonna be in Austin. Like, do us all a favor and beat those guys or whatever. Uh, so they did play that on the jumbotron, <laughs> which was pretty funny. Like, I, I got to get with it. So it's a little petty, but it's pretty funny. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, you ready to jump into uh, the two games we're going to hit on today? Oh yeah, let's, let's and then it. and then we'll rapid fire through uh, through the rest of the stuff. Okay, we'll start off with the Iron Bowl, and I choose to I choose to listen to this one as I'm going to list it as the prayer at Jordan Hare. I think it takes over the 2013 game against Georgia where they threw that deep pass right. Uh, I'm as an Alabama fan, that's what I'm going to do. The prayer at Jordan Hare, because that's what this was. Jalen Milrow, fourth and 31. The play was called Gravedigger, and he throws it into the back left corner of the end zone to Isaiah Bond. And, you know, Mr. Bond lines up with his guns afterwards, and, you know, he's ready to go. Uh, I love this. The flying, the flying Hawaiian jumps in. Gary's got the golden ticket. That's our bet us stuff. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, this was everything that you expect from a from an Iron Bowl in Jordan Hare, right? And I here is what my quote was. Okay, I, I'll go on and pull it up uh, because I've got the transcript from what I said on the bet us show, and and I'll be damned if I didn't hit this thing just dead on. 
because it was, I mean, it was exactly this. Uh, I said, because I picked Auburn plus 15 on the show, because why that line was over two touchdowns made no sense to me. I said, I believe in magic, and Auburn at home against Alabama catching more than two touchdowns is an auto bet for me. I said, Hugh Freeze knows that all of his sins can be forgiven with a win over Nick Saban. He's already done it a couple of times, so he has seen the effect of that. I said, nobody will remember the New Mexico State game if they come out and play well against Alabama. I said, so be on the lookout for some crazy BS high school plays that nobody's ever seen before from this Auburn team, along with what we always get from Jordan Harrod uh, Iron Bowls, which is some kind of crazy turnover or some special teams play. I said, I'm going to take the points with the War Eagles out on the plains. It's exactly what it was. Like, Auburn yesterday had a kid named, uh, let's see, Javoris Johnson. Before this game, he had 15 receptions and zero rushes. This guy, yesterday, his first carry is this crazy reverse jet sweep that nobody had seen because he had never carried the football before, and he goes for a touchdown from 12 yards out. He then has... It, Auburn only had six completions on the day. Peyton Thorne was five of 16. Jarquez Hunter was one of one, passing for two yards, by the way. But Peyton Thorne had five completions. Four of them were to Johnson. This Johnson kid had four receptions after only having 15 for the entire season, and he had two touchdowns out of this. It's the same crap. It's the same whatever. Did you see the play where they got the first down on a fourth and two where they had three guys going in motion and the refs called offsides on Alabama? I've never seen anything like this in my life except for in Jordan-Hare Stadium for Iron Bowls because it's like this every single time. The officiating crew on this, by the way, same officiating crew that was in Knoxville for the Alabama-Tennessee game last year. These guys are atrocious. They should be fired. And I feel like Auburn fans agree here because they missed calls on both sides all day. They are terrible at their jobs. And I've seen bad referees. I get it. I know it's a hard job. But dear God, these guys are terrible. And I'm trying my best not to cuss right now. But, uh, but man, they are so bad. Um, Milrow to Bond was awesome. Outside of that, this was... Exactly what you would expect from a Jordan Hare Iron Bowl. What uh, what were your thoughts on this one? If if you, if any of y'all really ever want to be entertained, <laughs> petition to have a live feed of Gary watching the Iron Bowl and pay per view that sucker because it is <laughs> the funniest thing we've done oh. several over the years. He doesn't sit down. Oh no, he's moving. He's moving constantly. constantly. He's kicked people out of the house. I have because he kicked his own mother out one time <laughs> that, because that not for an iron bowl because it was some game, but he will kick <laughs> you was, out. If they play bad, he will make you move and stuff, but it is. Yeah. I'm very superstitious but, when it comes to this. Oh thing. yes. But the, <clears throat> I always Did you all bets anything are anything else. Like, no, all bets are off. Like you get to games like this. It's like all bets are off. You just don't know what's going to happen. Everyone's playing like crazy. You're going to get these wild play, and it's like, don't expect anything less. 
No. That's the thing. Last You knew Alabama was in trouble when Auburn didn't even show up for the game against New Mexico State. Yeah. They didn't care about that game. And you turn around this week, and they had a game plan. I mean, they ran the ball. Hold on. Let's pull it up on the screen here. Let's see. Auburn ran 42 times for 244 yards. Non, uh, So the sack-adjusted rushing yards, 272. They ran for 7.2 yards a clip. They ran this misdirection offense brilliantly. It it looked like Hugh Freeze had spent the entire week before down in Orlando with Gus Malzahn. Like, they had just been going over this the whole time. Like, hey, I know that our quarterback can't throw the ball, so we are going to scheme the crap out of this and run a bunch of misdirection, and we're going to run a bunch of shuffling and whatnot to, to confuse the defense, and we're going to find a way to get some points on the board. And by God, they did it. I mean, it was just the most ridiculous thing and the other side of this is Alabama put up 451 total yards. They outgained Auburn by 120 yards. And in this situation, it didn't matter because once they got down into the red zone, they couldn't put points on the board. I mean, it just dumb mistake after dumb mistake. Alabama, eight penalties for 72 yards. Auburn had five for 28. It should have been way more on both sides, to be completely honest. But it, it just, you could not finish drives if you're the Tide. It was crazy. So, all in all, I mean, if you're an Alabama fan, you're just happy to get out of there. I mean, it was it was nuts. Did you see the post-game, uh, or the the, uh, the win probability chart? Yeah, it was like 99.9. Look at this thing. Or up something and down, like, up and right. Down. Oh, so Auburn at that point, ninety five point seven percent, and ESPN analytics had Auburn's chances of winning before that fourth and thirty one play at ninety nine percent. Like now, this is game on paper. They do it a little bit differently, but I mean, for it to flip in one play to where Alabama now ninety four point four percent, and then the next play just. By the way. It, a lot of people had asked about, I say asked, I got a lot of DMs and a lot of text messages about what happened to the final pick six. Terry and Arnold stepped out at the three. Like, there's pretty clear video evidence of that. So, like, it doesn't matter. Like, it, it the game had already gone over the total. Even with the pick six, Bama wouldn't have covered the spread. It didn't really affect a whole lot other than maybe the team total. But regardless, uh, just a... Just a ridiculous football game. Uh, do you take anything away from it for Alabama heading into the SEC championship game? Uh, I, don't, I just think they're going to be in trouble. But I think they were going to be in trouble before yeah, this game I, against Auburn. Like, I, there's, there's nothing about this game that makes me think any differently about Alabama no. going into that game. I, I I think I've watched that catch at the end like five times. Like, it's absurd. Like how how just Auburn called a timeout and set that play up. Why why do you have a spy on the quarterback from the thirty one when you know that they have to throw a touchdown? 
that's there's no reason for the spy unless you were going to bring him on like a delayed blitz and force him to throw the ball. But he just sat back there. And then on top of that, you've got all of the receivers that are in the middle of the field, all the safeties, all the DBs decided to just congregate right here. So you've got one-on-one on the outside. Sometimes you got to get lucky. Yeah, that which never happens. Taliban. So are you, are you, are you going to buy that frame picture now? They're going to how long how long before they have that picture for sale? Oh, no the, sir. The picture that I am getting framed is of the Auburn sideline where they showed the sideline when he caught the ball. I don't need the picture of the catch. I need the picture of all those Auburn players just looking up like <laughs> dude, that was that was the most I had more fun watching the fans that they had been showing just screaming and, and all this beforehand and to watch all of them crying in the stands afterwards touched my heart. <laughs> it was so good. Oh. <laughs> I took pictures on my cell phone of crying fans. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> oh, I had a blast with it. Uh it, it was it was exactly exactly what I wanted. If if you are going to win a rivalry game by God, that is the best way to do it. I mean, having having a stadium full of screaming fans that think that they are about to win and to just shut them all up with one play. Oh, one play. One play. Unbelievable. Oh, that was fantastic. All right. Any other thoughts about uh about that game? No, that was it was, it was you awesome. don't you don't want anything less than that. That's no. the game that you want. Oh, it was so good. It was it was exactly what I needed from this Thanksgiving holiday. I have so much to be thankful for. By God. All right. The game. Michigan 30. Ohio State 24. Uh, Ryan Day was not very aggressive in this game. And I was trying to figure... I mean, he never went forward on fourth down one time. Mm. Sharon Moore, the Michigan interim coach uh, since Harbaugh was still suspended. Um, he went forward on fourth down three times. Now you can talk about situations and whatnot. I also wonder, I didn't think Kyle McCord looked super healthy in this game, uh, but he hadn't for like a couple of weeks now. I, I th- here's the deal. Ryan day knew that he needed to get this win because you will never be able to live this down. You have lost three straight to Michigan and the last one, the most recent one, they didn't even have their head coach. How do you justify that? Like Ohio State fans' expectations may be a little out of whack, but you know what the expectation is. You changed your entire football team to be more tough, to be able to win a game like this. You went out and got Jim Knowles. He's in year two with this defense, and the defense was good. But, man, you got whipped at the line of scrimmage again. And it wasn't as bad as it has been the last couple of years. But you still got beat. So, give me give me some thoughts here because I I was shocked. I mean, Sharon Moore didn't seem to – he didn't seem to shrink in the moment. I was really impressed with Michigan. And Ohio State, I mean, it's kind of the same old thing. Like, this feels like it's become a mental thing that they can't get past. Mm-hmm. 
I, yeah, I, I was thinking like, man, Michigan has this chip stacked against them. Coach is not there. You know, all the investigation and talk and didn't they drop the investigation or something though? Wasn't that a... They, uh, they finished it, right? They finished so it's it. okay. uh, the Big okay. Ten investigation is finished. The NCAA one is still going on, but I mean, that could take years. Like, okay. who knows? The Big Ten will know. Harbaugh's suspension means that they are done with it. Like yeah. this is Harbaugh's back next week for the Big Ten title game, and that is it. Darth Wolverine, by the way, jumped in. He said, uh, Sharon Moore made himself a lot of money this year. He's a head coach somewhere next year and maybe at Michigan. I think he's probably right there. Yeah. I, I was wondering, like, how is Harbaugh watching this? Like, is he like in his office? Is he at home? Does he have, like, like, how is, how is, I, his office is right next to the stadium, right? So that's where I would have been. But I mean, also, like, look, just for reference sake, uh, if I were him, I would probably be watching it by myself, right? Yeah. But I did see like a commercial appeal article. Penny Hardaway's was, uh, excuse me, Penny Hardaway was suspended, the Memphis basketball coach for the first three games this year by the NCAA for like recruiting violations or whatever. Uh, and he was watching at a sports bar uh, with like one of the writers for the commercial appeal, just like watching his team play. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what Harbaugh was doing, uh, but it, Hey, whatever he was doing, it worked. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. What, yeah, uh, what did you think about Ryan day and, and his, you know, maybe his play calling in this one. <sighs> What, like you said, wasn't aggressive. That that's what I was like. You, this is a rivalry. You're supposed to hate. Well, I mean, from every everyone I know that's Ohio, this like that the hate, and it was like he just did. Like, oh, we're we're gonna get at it, and uh, it, it it was weird, right? It didn't feel like there was a bunch of juice with. Yeah. And when I say juice, I mean like Ohio State didn't feel amped up for this one no it's like it's like michigan just took the soul out of them right off the bat yeah, it's like that first interception it was just gone yeah so i don't know i i felt vibes wise i felt like ohio state could or was going to win this game right beforehand but as we got closer to kickoff i mean it just it something felt off you see him kind of going through the motions it didn't mm -hmm. it, Something was something was weird. And I don't know if it's just this mental hurdle that they've got to get over with Michigan. But it, it was almost like Ohio State didn't didn't believe that they could win the game. Yeah. It yeah. It that's weird, right? I, I just didn't see the passion in them. Yeah. I, and I thought it, it was really strange to it's like not not only is it a rivalry game, it's this is also to go to the playoff. Like or your conference championship and the playoff, like this is a big game. You need to win this game and get. Yes, I mean that's Ohio State has not won the Big Ten now in three years. That's weird. That does not happen. And and here we are. I mean, it's. I don't know. Uh, part of me thought that Ryan Day after this might take the Texas A and M job. Just to get away, it, like, we're talking about a guy that's what fifty six and seven, I think, is the the coaching record. Yeah, but three of those losses are to Michigan, and 
I, you know, the rest of them are playoff losses and whatever else, right? A, a loss to Oregon at some point in there. Like, I, it's not like he's not a good coach. No. I think AM would like be thrilled to have that guy. Yeah. But, ooh, uh, he, he can't seem to get past that big one right now. Uh, and it won't matter next year because they'll just rematch in the Big Ten title game because they're doing away with divisions. So, uh, Darth Wolverine jumped back in. He said, This is the first time since Denard Robinson that Michigan had a better quarterback in the game. Is that right? I guess, yeah, I guess that's probably true. But even, even Denard Robinson, I mean, shoestring wouldn't, or shoelace. Was it shoelace? It was shoelace. Yeah, shoelace Robinson. He didn't have, uh, he, he wouldn't, he wasn't great. Yeah. And I can't even imagine who Ohio State had on the other sideline at that point. Um yeah, I mean this is this is weird. I feel like I'm in bizarro world where Michigan is like dominating this series. I don't know. Well, there was like what five, six years that Ohio State won it? Uh Ohio State won fifteen out of sixteen. It was yeah, that they had a yeah. The only loss that about, Ohio State had was when Luke Fickle was the interim coach right after the uh, the big scandal, like the tattoo gate or whatever. Yeah. Darth Wolverine said it was Shoelace versus Braxton Miller. Was was Shoelace better than Braxton? Are we sure about that? I mean, he... he they were both incredible was, athletes. Yeah, very, very, like... I don't remember. I don't Even him, that one is, like, close, right? Yeah. I, I think J.J. McCarthy against uh, Kyle McCord is not close. Like, I think J.J. McCarthy is significantly better. So, yeah, I mean, this might be this might be the time. I don't know. Either way, incredible job by Michigan. I mean, that defense is awesome. It forced two turnovers, scored seven points off of it. Uh, I mean, my gosh. Like, the fact that Ohio State had two tackles for loss in this game. Michigan only had one. Like, Michigan, one sack. Ohio State, one sack. This was an incredibly well-played game mm-hmm. just on both sides. I mean, this was, it was fantastic. Ohio State outgained them by like 40 yards here. Uh, they they couldn't run the ball very well. They could run some. Uh, having Travion Henderson was, uh, was definitely a, a nice addition considering they didn't have him last year. Uh, but also Michigan had Blake Corum this go-round, right? So that was a big deal because uh, Edwards – didn't do near what he did last year where he ran for, he had like two runs of like 70 some odd yards last year. Yeah. I, I was watching this. It was just back and forth. It was a very quick game. It felt like it got over with um, Darth Wolverine. Do we think stats of war will give OSU the edge in success rate for this game? Well, my brother, I can tell you uh, success rate. Yes, Ohio State, 53% success rate, Michigan, 45%. That'll answer your question. I mean, it's... But again, success rate isn't everything. I don't know. Yeah, and I think Michigan, Michigan got, got some uh, some boost there when their offensive lineman went out. Yeah, that was a pretty big deal. Um, and I'm, I'm curious what that's going to do for Michigan in the playoff. Um, because I do think that they're going to make the playoff. Yeah, I don't think they're going to lose to uh. To Their Iowa. line has looked really good. Oh yeah, I mean basically all year. 
Yeah. But yeah, I mean that's a it's going to be a tricky one. I know that. Uh getting into the playoff is is one thing. Winning in the playoff has been the obstacle. Mm-hmm. And if you're down some linemen, now granted you got a while to uh, to get some guys healthy. So that's good because the uh, the games are not until uh January 1st this year. So it's oh. either the Rose Bowl or the Sugar Bowl. Oh, that like that lineman's not coming back. I think he oh, snapped no. his leg. Yeah, he's, no, he he snapped it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, but they've got other find, guys banged up as well. Yeah. So I was trying to find some of the, the other re- guys uh healthy or healthier uh should be able to help mitigate that a little bit. I kept trying to find the replay of it. You really couldn't get a good Ooh. shot of it, but oh he got rolled up on like oh yeah, and it just snapped. I mean it yeah. was when they bring out that air cast, like, oh nope, 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 nope. Hey, nope, it's done. Done. Like not coming back from that one. It's like uh like the Jordan Travis injury. Oh. Like, oh that one was brutal. Uh I got no warning really on uh on that one. So <laughs> that thing popped up on Twitter. Everybody yeah. on Twitter wants to share out some of the most gruesome stuff and not give you any kind of warning on it. Like, hey, watch God. this play. Ah! <laughs> like, no, did not want to see that. No, it's it, just nuts. Just nuts. Let's uh let's go through right quick and uh here we'll hide that right quick. Let's uh let's rapid fire some of the uh some of the games that I guess I can write my time down so that I can chapter this stuff later. Uh, but we'll start with the SEC. And bop, we'll pull it back on the screen. Ole Miss 17, State 7. We know you're a state guy. Thoughts on the Egg Bowl? Uh, I was excited there in the first half. <clears throat> it, it, it it looked like, I mean, going into the game, I was like, okay, I'm like, all right, you know, Ole Miss, top team, yeah, you know, they're probably going to be a beating on that. But it, I felt Rivalry like every game on Thanksgiving, it's always yeah, crazy. But I thought like Kiffin was a little reserved in it. Like he didn't really just like, we're going to come out and get after you. And well, he did talk after the game about how, uh, he doesn't do well in like these kinds of games, yeah. right? And so I don't know. Uh, he said like these defensive kind of slugfest back and forth. He said he's he's not in his bag in games like this, like that LSU game earlier in the year. I mean that's Kiffin. He's it, it, where anything works against a new, uh, another defense, he's at it. So yeah, maybe they- uh, maybe it'll help Kiffin bringing in Jeff Levy on the other sideline. And then when he when they bring that up tempo at the end, I was like, oh crap, there we go. Yep, ball game, like that that thing when they took the lead ten to seven in the third quarter, yeah. uh, and then fourth quarter they go right down the field. Uh, Judkins looked good, you know, twenty eight carries, one hundred nineteen yards. He he looked he much more like fast. himself than he has uh, in a while. And so, uh, all the talk afterwards was Will Rogers uh, is going to transfer out of Mississippi State. Yeah. That hurt your feelings at all? I mean, you're not there for the offense that you recruited. Yeah, yeah, because they were talking about Leach was recruiting him to uh, Washington State. Yes. So, like, you're not going to utilize for what you were coming for. Yeah, I I, I guess you could wait around and see like who the next guy is going to be, but there are very few pure air raid guys. So, you know, I would imagine he's going to want to go to another SEC team where he can start mm-hmm. for sure uh, so that he can get that SEC passing record. But maybe it doesn't matter to him. 
I mean, who knows? So, uh, Missouri 48, Arkansas 14. Just a beating. Uh, there yeah. was a fight when this game was 10 to nothing. <laughs> and, I mean, these two teams, I, I tell you, Eli Drinkwitz hates Arkansas. And the reason he hates Arkansas is Eli was a Gus Malzahn guy. Like, he coached under him when he was still a high school coach at, at Springdale in Arkansas. And what that Arkansas program did to Gus Malzahn was one of the most despicable things you could possibly do. And it, it had some stuff to do with Houston Nutt and everything else, but it, it, this has been a long time ago, but Eli has not forgotten. He has taken shots at Arkansas any chance he gets because he is an Arkansas guy. He coached high school ball in Arkansas, and any chance he gets, he's going to run up the score, and that's exactly what he did here. Uh, you get to the third quarter, and they were up 20 to nothing at the half, and they poured on three more touchdowns in that third quarter and just, you know, just did what they did. Uh, KJ Jefferson went out early in this game. Uh, Jacoby Criswell is the backup quarterback for Arkansas. He uh, he transferred in from North Carolina. He was uh, Drake May's backup last year. Uh, did decent, you know, wasn't great, but I don't know. Arkansas looking ahead to next year. Sam Pittman's going to be around. Eli Drinkwitz has a top 10 Missouri team. Just crazy. So they're uh, they're going to be number nine again in the playoff rankings this week. So New Year's Six Bowl for those guys. Cheers to that. Uh, Georgia close call somewhat with Georgia Tech. You uh you surprised that uh, that they let Georgia Tech hang around in this one? I I was like, and it's also funny watching Georgia Tech not running that triple off triple option. Oh yeah, I got so used to watching that, but I I was like, man, Georgia's Tech hanging in this game with them. So Georgia, to me, looked like they had already started prep for Alabama. Like, that's what it looked like to me. Um, Because they ran, like, their base packages all day. And Georgia Tech's got a good offense. They can run the ball, and they certainly did it in this game. Um, But, man, it just I think it got a little closer than they kind of bargained for. They, They had a shot to go into the end zone and go up 38 to 16 at one point. And Carson Beck threw a pick in the end zone. Georgia Tech came back down the field and scored and made it 31-23. And it was it was just, you know, Georgia probably should have put them away quicker. Mm. But, I mean, they ran, like I said, base packages, very vanilla stuff on offense, like kind of ran the same few plays over and over again. Like there was – they – they basically beat that team with no game plan. So I, I don't worry too much about it from Georgia's side, but it was, it's just another example. Like Georgia has not been very good against the run this year. And that's something you got to be careful about when you're going up against Alabama next week. So, so we'll see. Uh, Florida State, Florida. Do you watch, uh, do you watch any of that one? I did watch that one. I was, so, um, thoughts on, uh, on Rodermaker. They just look so shaky to start out with. That, that's where I'm like, oh god, they're just so rivalry just, game on the road. Yeah, you know, Florida juiced up trying to get to a bowl game. I don't think yeah. I was super surprised that they were shaky coming out. I think I was surprised at how long it lasted. Yeah, that was thing. Like, man, Florida is just gonna put this away on them. And just and there goes their hopes. But they I'll got tell you the this, safety. Uh, that yeah. that was like oh, 
The quarterback for Florida, Max Brown, I feel like he fits what Billy Napier wants to do on offense better than Graham Mertz. Like that whole running style, like what he used to do at Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Like it, it seemed like that was going to fit better, but if Florida State just too many athletes, too many players. Like they, you know, it was not surprising to me that they ended up winning this ball game. Uh, were you surprised at all about Kentucky and Louisville? That I was. I'm like Louisville. What? What? What's going on? Gave up 17 points in the fourth quarter to Kentucky to lose the game. Like it, it came back, tied the ball game 31-31, and they give Kentucky the ball with what just over a minute left, or almost mm-hmm. two minutes left in the ball game, and Ray Davis bust one for like 40 yards. Like, I mean, it. Kentucky does this to them every year. Like they even years where Kentucky has been awful, they still beat the brakes off Louisville. This year, I thought it was going to go different because Louisville has a significantly better team, at least metrics-wise, and Kentucky showed up for this one. Mm-hmm. Kentucky got beat like forty-seven to six by uh by South Carolina. No, it wasn't. It wasn't forty-seven to six. What was it? They, I mean, they got beat by South Carolina, and they they had some just ugly games down the stretch, right? They just they opened up the season five and zero, and then. Lost to Georgia, lost to Missouri, lost to Tennessee, lost to Alabama. Yep, lost to South Carolina, seventeen to fourteen. Yeah, South Carolina beat Vandy, forty-seven to six. That's what it was. But then you you show up and you win at Louisville, top ten team. Yeah, just unreal, just absolutely crazy. Um, Vandy, Tennessee, eh, Clemson, and South Carolina. Eh, South Carolina could not block that defensive line whatsoever i mean it was it was atrocious uh but a&m and lsu uh is Jaden daniels gonna win the heisman i'm wondering that but i don't i don't know if nicks has it sealed up so there's a lot of stats that point towards daniels winning it but eh like it bo nicks is still in the in the hunt for the playoff if they win the Pac-12 title, he's probably going to win it. Yeah. I think Daniels deserves it. But, I mean, three losses. And the, and the defense ain't his fault. But, like, oh, it would suck to have this kind of a this kind of a season with these metrics, these numbers, and not get a Heisman, right? He'll be in New York, but. Oh, yeah. Oh, just tough. I always think it's goofy with the Heisman when they're like, well, the East Coast voters don't get to watch the West Coast. Dude, record it and watch it the next day. It's like, that always drove me nuts whenever they said that. There's some of these Heisman voters that don't – there's guys with Heisman votes that don't really care that much about this sport, right? Like, if we're being totally honest. Yeah. like they're, They're not watching it the same way that we are. No. Um, other top twenty-five games. We'll uh, roll through right quick. Uh, Oregon and Oregon State, just brutal. Oh I mean, it was, yeah, that thing was that was done early. It felt like they just felt like there was no chance for Oregon State in that ball game. Um, and it, I mean, it's not like there was margin really. It was twenty-one to seven at the half, but you just knew that Oregon State was not coming back in that one, right? Oh yeah, 
Just like, yeah, Oregon's like, yeah, we're just going to seal this up. <clears throat> just brutal. Uh, Texas 57-7 to over Texas Tech. We talked about that one a little bit. Um, yeah, Texas put their foot on the gas and did not let up. They they were they still didn't look great, especially in the first half. I mean, there were a ton of mistakes, but who fifty seven to seven is just a yeah. beating. Uh, Penn State forty two to nothing over Michigan State. Did you watch any of that one? I missed that one, but James Franklin just doing his thing, like cover against the weaker teams, and then you can't beat the uh, the two best in the conference. Suppose it is what it is. I, I'm just hoping eventually Penn State just gets over that little just. And then, then the, they're the top one. I feel like they're just right there. Oh, yeah. And I feel the same way. Um, but, man, he's going to have to show it to me. Because, yeah. God, he's been in this situation so many times. Um, yeah. I also Oklahoma. hate when like, you're like a really good team or a really good player, but you're just there at the same time as these other really, really good ones. And you just – at yes. any other time, if you had been playing, you would be the top. You just happen to be lined up with this guy. Yes. Yes, 100%. TCU, 45, Oklahoma, 69. So that Levy offense, uh, crazy numbers against TCU's defense. Uh, Joe Gillespie, you know, TCU's defensive coordinator that came over from Tulsa, did some really awesome things with that TCU defense last year, and they have been terrible this year. I mean, just bad on defense. So no bowl game for TCU. Um I don't remember the last time that we had a team that won a national or played for a national title and then didn't make it to a bowl game the next year. Like, does that? Yeah, I can't even think of it. Like, Auburn yeah. at least went bowling the year after Cam Newton. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I, I got I got nothing. Yeah, I, I can't nothing. think of a team that that – yeah, because usually it's like, okay, you don't make it to the big bowls, but at least you made it to a bowl game. Yeah, and TCU, five and seven. It, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, they, they were down to, like, their third-string quarterback. Like, still. I feel like you probably should have been there. Uh, Iowa-Nebraska was maybe the best game of the weekend to me. That was just an incredible I don't even know how to explain it, right? It's like the perfect Black Friday game. Did you watch any of that ball game? I, I didn't. I was uh, traveling on that day. So the way that Iowa won the game, they they came down and they threw an interception. Like they were they were you know trying to get down the field to kick a game winning field goal. Threw an interception. Nebraska's Chubba Purdy threw his only pick of the last two weeks. Dead middle of the field at the 50-yard line with like 30 seconds left. And Iowa's linebacker runs it back to like the 30. And Iowa brought in a backup kicker because Iowa had had two field goals blocked in the first half. So they brought in a guy that had not even attempted a kick this season. And he kicked like a 40-yarder to win the ballgame. It was the craziest damn thing that I remember seeing in quite some time. I mean, it was it was something. And so, yeah, Iowa, 
10 wins. I don't know how they continue to do it. We talked about that early in the in the show. Uh, it was it was brutal, absolutely brutal. Uh, Tulane 29 to 16 over UTSA. A lot of people picked UTSA to win this one. I didn't even think about this until the game was going and they showed the sideline. And my first thought was, hey, UTSA looked like garbage last year in their bowl game against Troy. Oh, yeah. Tulane hired Troy's defensive coordinator. So UTSA, of course, looked like garbage. They had five turnovers in the ballgame. Um, yeah, couldn't couldn't get it done against this Tulane defense. So Tulane will now be playing in the uh, the AAC title game this week against SMU. And uh, in SMU, you know, got a quarterback that could be having some uh, some knee issues. So Preston Stone went out of that big win against uh, Navy. And, uh, man, they were up at like 35-7. to seven on Navy with 14 minutes left in the second quarter. Like, that game was over so fast. Just just ridiculous. Uh, hey, we didn't hit on this one. Washington 24-21. to 21. Did you see the end of this one? Oh, yeah. What was going on with Penix? That was weird, right? It, I, you know I was what I'm talking you, about? Yeah, well, he, like, had his head in the uh, case. Like the equipment cart. Yeah, and, like... And, and didn't celebrate with the rest of the team. No, had a security guard that put like a, a, a jacket or what, like a hoodie over him so nobody could tell it was him. And like they walked him off kind of slowly. And his, his post-game press conference, him and DeBoer both were like really weird. This was, I mean, this is, to me, this is something worth watching just to see what on earth is going on because that felt strange. I, I when I saw that I was thinking like okay he it's that thing where it's like I just don't want to watch yeah and that and then, that was my first thought yeah and then like you kick it okay you want it it's like oh we got it but it's like you're not even walking out there with your teammates yeah it was a little it was weird he didn't do this for the Oregon game Mm-mm. you know Oregon missed a field goal that uh, would have tied the ball game with them in Seattle. Like this, this was strange. There was, there was something really weird about that. Uh, so it's definitely something to pay attention to. They said that there's not an injury. I mean, he got popped pretty hard at the end of that ball game. I don't know. I'm I'm watching that one very intently this week. Uh, that line, by the way, Oregon is already favored by nine and a half. Found that a little surprising. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Arizona, we talked about that. Noah Fafita, 527 yards and five touchdowns. Just stupid numbers. Um, Notre Dame, 56 to 23. Audric Estime, the running back for Notre Dame. Uh, ridiculous. 25 carries, 238 yards, four touchdowns for them. Um, the Iowa State Farmageddon Snowball, 42-35. We talked about that. Kansas State finishes the year with eight wins this year. Uh, BYU and Oklahoma State was just goofy as all get out. Like it, so I bet on BYU thinking that Oklahoma State is terrible in the role of being a favorite. And Oklahoma State had to win this game to make it to the Big 12 title game against Texas. All they had to do was win. But man, it took them two overtimes to beat a, a terrible BYU team. And so 40 to uh, 34 was that one. Uh, do you see any of that one? 
No, I didn't. I missed that one too. Oh, that thing was crazy. I mean, it was it was twenty four to six BYU at the half. It was it was pretty wild. Pretty wild. Yeah, I, I think I was watching the stats on there. I'm like, hmm. yeah, it was just it was bonkers. It was bonkers. Uh, and then finally, Liberty finishes out an undefeated regular season. Uh, they are going to play New Mexico State next week for the Conference USA title game. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, Liberty twelve and zero under uh, first year coach Jamie Chadwell. He's done a he's done an incredible job. Like Chadwell's done great. So, um, I would imagine whoever wins the AAC title, whether it's SMU or Tulane, they are going to get the New Year's Six invitation for the G five. But man, Liberty's ranked number twenty five. They are right there. So, I don't know. Very interesting. Regardless, incredible year for Jamie Chadwell. Cheers to Liberty. I'm in on that one. In on that one. All right. Is there anything else that uh, that we need to talk about today? No, I was just looking up to see if anything on Penix, but everyone's saying he couldn't watch it. But it, there that, was that, something beyond that. Yeah, it was. He it must was have weird. got some bad news or something. I mean, something like I just I I couldn't figure it out. That was a strange, I, strange situation. Yeah, we were out like we went out to eat like at halftime, and I was like, "Are we going to sit and watch this?" That little uh, reverse. Yeah, fit. God, the play oh. call by DeBoer. Oh, beautiful! I was like, beautiful. "Oh crap, they got it!" Oh, it went around this. I fooled the camera, guys. Yeah, like it, that was such a great play call mm-hmm. um, because it led the it it let the quarterback read it, right? It's like you can either go in and, and get the yard yourself. Or if you know that they have crashed down and there's nobody on the outside, toss it to your best playmaker. Like you're you're already going to be going backwards. Like and just turn around and toss it. Like I thought it was great. Yeah. Like it was it was fantastic. DeBoer is somebody else hires him. I mean they are they are hiring an incredible football coach. So fantastic job by them. All right, let's wrap this bad boy up. Um, Check out the Bet U.S. College Football Show, Tuesday, Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, make sure that you are subscribed to the channel. If you've not already done that, like the video, all that stuff. All you guys that are still watching, we appreciate you. Um, I don't think I've got any other notes. Matt, tell them where they can find you. Strong and Healthy Rehab on the YouTubes, Instagrams, and uh, the TikToks. (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right, you guys know where you can find me uh, at Gary WCE on all socials other than Twitter, which is at Winning Cures. Uh, with that said, let's get out of here. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Of course, God bless college football, and uh, hopefully, all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and follow me on Twitter at Gary WCE. If you want to toss in a question. You can email me, Gary, at winningcureseverything.com. Make sure and hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones 
who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.